figured I'd kind of catch up on the last few weeks. It seems like we hit the end of the year and had a whole bunch of craziness and then started the new year and once again had a bunch of craziness. You know, I think part of it is that the winter just really isn't my time. It's so much harder for me to be motivated to do things and it's usually so busy with the holidays and I have a January birthday and so it it just, it feels like it's one thing after another. Plus, add in the fact that it's cold and flu season and here in California, we've been getting lots of rain and so it just feels dreary and You know, sometimes when I'm in the right headspace, I can kind of enjoy the cold season and make soups and cozy up and just enjoy a slower pace. But I also find it really hard to stay in that positive mentality and trying to soak in the coziness of it all. Um, By the time that you know, the end of January, beginning of February hits, we've already had a little bit of it, you know, for for a couple months now, and it's kind of worn out a little bit. You know, there's not as much to look forward to. Like, I feel like the next big exciting thing is Easter. And I mean, we have St. Patrick's Day, and um, my husband has a March birthday, and, you know, so there are like some fun things coming up, but like Easter is the next big thing and we have seen a little bit of our spring start to break out which has been nice like some of the trees in the area are flowering and we've had some warmer days which has been really nice some days where we didn't really need to go outside in a jacket Uh, my kids and I actually just went to a fish hatchery not too far from us and we went and it was a really nice day. I dressed the kids pretty warm uh, and in their boots because it had it's been so muddy from all the rain. And I felt like as we were walking around, it was really hot. So I am enjoying the the warmer days, but I feel like you know the last oh goodness almost two months now because we're at the end of February just it's like survival mode almost. And, uh, well, I'll get into a little bit more of why it's felt that way too. So to start off, I had a lot of excitement because I want to say it was the middle of January or so. Um, I came across this account on Instagram. It's Ashley Rose Reeves, and she was doing this challenge called the home home that heals challenge uh where she's just she put out a 30-day schedule for you to follow to go through different parts of your home and declutter them so that you can have a more peaceful environment and that's something I've been doing and for a couple years now uh but it's nice to have some direction I feel like it's nice to have ideas of maybe places that I haven't decluttered or to have like more of a laid out schedule for myself. And so it's been nice to look at that. I haven't been going day by day. I mean, I don't 
have time every day for 30 days to declutter somewhere in my house. But I have been going through the list and crossing days off. Um, I have some big areas left. Like my closet is one that I really need to clean out and I'm not excited to do it. So it's still on my list. It was supposed to be one of the first few days and I still haven't gotten to it. But just last week, I did get to my pantry, which was another area that I was kind of feeling overwhelmed by. My pantry is very deep and it's narrow. So there's a lot of things that get shoved towards the back of the pantry and just get forgotten about. So this, this was actually very exciting. I cleaned out my whole pantry and wiped down the shelves and everything, took note of expiration dates, and then I did a couple of things. And this is like my organizational brain that it works for. So this won't work for everybody, but I am so excited about this. I just used Google Docs and took inventory of everything that I had by shelf. So I took everything out and I kind of rearranged. Uh, For example, in the top section of my pantry, I noticed that I had a lot of dried fruit and nuts and things like that that I've kept there since we moved here, but then they go bad because they get shoved back. And I even had some of those clear bins that you can pull out, but they would get so over, they would overflow so much that I couldn't pull them out with just, without things just tumbling to the floor. And it was, it's too high of a shelf for me to really be able to see back there. So instead I moved that to some shelving that we put into our kitchen several months ago, which wasn't there originally. So this is kind of, you know, I'm like reworking my kitchen system finally. And instead, I put a lot of our backups. So, you know, we we go through mayonnaise. So I have extra mayonnaise, extra maple syrup, sauces, you know, for salads and barbecue sauce and things like that. And so I put all of those lined up and it's really satisfying to look at. And then next to it, I have my paper printed out of what sauces I have up there and how many there are. And so I can go and just take a pen and cross it off. Uh, One thing we really like in our house is Chick-fil-A sauce. My kids are obsessed with it. And so I have several of them. I actually, I had no idea that I had four Chick-fil-A sauces in my house. They were all in different locations of my pantry and and shelving and things. And so now they're all in one place and I can go through and when we take one out, I can cross it off and just mark down a three. And I think it'll help, uh, you know, help us know how much we have. Plus, I have the list on my phone now, and so I can just update it and reprint it when the list needs to be updated. So I think it'll kind of streamline things. And at a uh, with a quick glance to the inside of the doors of my pantry where it's taped up, 
I can tell what we have in there and so I know what ingredients I have to go towards meals. Meals were the other thing that I took note of. So we have several things in the back of our pantry that were kind of forgotten about, um, like some dried soup mixes or uh, canned like vegetables and things or um, baking mixes that I don't always think of. And so I took note of those things um, and what I could use to make meals and I printed off a meal list to be able to use those things. And so I, I divided it into two categories. One was the meals that I have, uh, all the stuff for pretty much, you know, maybe, maybe missing an onion or something to pick up at the store. But then the other are things that I want to use and just need to pick up a few ingredients when I'm planning on making those meals. Um, like I have this one recipe for a quinoa salad and it requires like a red onion, which I don't usually keep on hand, and a red bell pepper, um, a couple things like that that I would need to specifically pick up at the store. But then I know that I have everything else for that recipe. And that whole thing kind of snowballed into me printing out a bunch of recipes, the ones that we use most often, the ones that I'm always looking for. And so I'm kind of making, like putting together a cookbook, which I haven't done since I was probably a teenager. I used to be really into it because I liked to bake especially a lot. And I don't know, I feel like for the most part, it's been easier to look things up online but I find myself searching recipes and then I want to adjust them to our liking. Like I have this chili recipe that I've come up with since I've been married. I never ate chili growing up. Like, you know, occasionally we'd go places where they had chili and I never liked it. But I developed this recipe as an adult that I really like and it's kind of a mix of a few different recipes that I've found online. So I usually search the chili recipe if I can't remember exactly everything. And then I have to try and remember how I've adjusted it in the past. And so I just typed up the general chili recipe that I use and printed it out. And so now I don't have to search on my phone and I feel like I'm always like unlocking it so I can look at the recipe again and it's just it's such a hassle so now I can just have my recipe book which I'm super excited about and I'm hoping that I keep it clean enough that clean as in like simple um with the recipes that we really like so that I'm not flipping through 50 pages of recipes that I've never made and don't plan on making. Um, anyway, so that's been that kind of like whole journey. It's, it's been going really well. The decluttering, I've, I've noticed a big difference. Um, I still feel like I have a ways to go. Uh, we've had to kind of take a few weeks off, um, here and there, or at least, you know, several days in a row, just because of everything that we've had going on. Um, some, one of the other big events of the last 
few weeks, month-ish, is we had these really big storms come through and our power was out for almost 24 hours. Um, I'm glad it wasn't longer than that for us. I know that there were others in the area who had it out longer. Um, So everything in our freezer stayed good and then we were able to take our uh, fridge items over to my in-laws house who were, uh, they had a generator they were using. And so we luckily didn't really lose a whole lot. It was actually kind of a, a really nice experience, um, where I felt like it kind of brought us all together as a family, just trying to, you know, keep the kids calm. Cause this was like, a, a newer experience for them. They were scared because it was dark. We all huddled up in our room together and I read some books to the kids by candlelight and it was just a very quiet, relaxing evening. The hardest part was trying to work out meals. Like we, we luckily have a gas stove. Uh, we didn't end up needing to light it up uh, because we were it's the power outage started when we were over at my in-laws for a dinner and the meal was already cooked and everything so we just hung out there and then we went through the night with the power out at our house and the next morning we went out to breakfast with my brother and sister-in-law which was really fun um it was a that was about the time I think that we found out our power wasn't supposed to be restored for a few days. And so we were starting to freak out because we knew we couldn't really afford to go out to eat so much and uh so we were trying to figure out what we would do. We ended up going out for lunch that day as well with a plan to stop by the store to see, like, to pick up items that we could easily prepare at home. And when we were heading out to lunch, that's when we found out that our power came back on, which was kind of nice. So yeah, the, the whole experience led my husband and I to set some goals. We now aim... <laughs> We aim to do this. Uh, we have all of the electronics set to go off, like the, the kids' tablets and everything go off an hour earlier than they did previously for bedtime. And so we've been spending that hour like playing games together and sometimes we straighten up the house that's actually supposed to be part of the plan that we spend like the first half an hour doing something together as a family and then like the last half an hour kind of tidying up the house and that second part really hasn't worked out all that well um and we're still working on having that time where we're not on electronics sometimes we decide to use that time to watch a family movie instead because we figure it's it's doing an activity together which is kind of the point like to to come together a little bit more 
but we're we're definitely trying to spend more of that time just I guess kind of recreating that experience that we had with the power out because something that I noticed when we were when we had that power outage was that we we kind of had to figure out what to do you know we we had to be bored so that we could find things to do and I also found myself getting some things done that I had put off for a while one we had all of these boxes that we needed to take to cardboard recycling and they they had been there for a very long time I I want to say months and it's really not that hard of a trip we have several recycling centers near us but it was one of those things that it just seemed like it was too much of a hassle when we headed out to go get lunch while our power was still out like that's what we did we loaded up all of those boxes and dropped them off on our way out it the whole thing took maybe 10 minutes between loading the boxes into the car and then stopping at the recycling dumpster and putting them in and yet it had piled up for so long uh another thing was i dusted my fans which were in desperate need of a dusting but i just looked at them and i was like oh well you know what i have nothing really better to do so might as well do that and it was interesting because I both found myself with the time and a little bit of the motivation to do some of these things, but also without the pressure of feeling like I needed to be doing something like that the whole day. My sister-in-law and I actually talked about this a little bit because once the sun goes down and you're doing everything by candlelight or flashlight like it's really not feasible to do a lot of housework and other things and so at the end of the day it was just time to just time to relax and get ready for bed you know and and that was the focus and so that that was kind of what my husband and I's Uh, goals were with that time is just trying to recreate some of that slowness because as soon as the power was back on I immediately noticed a difference like it, it just felt different it felt more distracting it felt louder we had our internet back and the tv could go on and even music, which in general I enjoy, but sometimes just becomes extra noise in the home. And uh, so yeah, that was something that I really appreciated. Although I will say we had a second very brief power outage. It was only a couple hours um, a few days later and it felt like the worst timing. So uh it was the same weekend as the power outage I actually broke my back molar and so 
I had to wait a few days to go in and get it fixed. And that was a whole kind of sucky experience. Like, I already have anxiety when it comes to getting dental work done and then going in and I, I more on that later. Anyway, I had gone in and gotten some work done on my broken tooth and then we had the second power outage and it was like all I wanted to do was just relax and try to work through the pain that I was experiencing and then I suddenly like I couldn't play uh I couldn't play any of the games that I wanted to and I couldn't watch TV and I didn't want to use my phone battery just in case we didn't have power for a long time so I just I felt like I didn't have anything to kind of help me work through that situation and so the feeling there was very different and I was so excited when the power came back on. Um, so, you know, like pros, pros and cons. Anyway, so yeah, that was, that was the other big thing in the last few weeks is I broke that tooth and I went to the dentist and it just felt like every time I go in, there's a couple things that I tell them. One is that I have a lot of dental anxiety. Like, it's the way that it is. I've been to therapy. I try to use my coping skills, but like, that's still an area that I really struggle and I have been working on it. But it's hard for me. Two, I have a tiny mouth. Like, it's hard for me to get in there and to use like the floss on my, on the back of my teeth. And I just don't really have a lot of room to work with. Like I have a small mouth and they'll, they'll say, oh no, you're fine. Your mouth is plenty like big enough. You can open wide enough and everything. And then as they're trying to do work in my mouth, they'll say, oh, I just, I don't have enough room in here. You know, they want to fit in all of the tools and they can't fit them all in at the same time because they don't have enough room. And so by the end of the appointment, they're saying, wow, you really do have a small mouth. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I said. It would be nice if you listened to me. And that's a very like insignificant detail to not be listened about. But another one is that my body doesn't numb well. And if you've listened to my, um, pregnancy journey, uh, then you'd know when I went in to have my daughter, deliver my daughter, the epidural did not work on me, first of all. And second of all, when I had to go get an emergency C-section, they tried using a local anesthetic and it only numbed half of my body, not the entire thing. And they tried giving it time, but again, like we were in a pretty like critical situation with my daughter's heartbeat dropping, so they couldn't give it too much time. So they had to just completely knock me out to be able to do the C-section. When when I went in for the C-section with my son, it wasn't an emergency and they had adequate time to like let everything work and make sure that the amounts were correct and all of that and it it worked out fine 
So when I'm given enough time, it's good. I went to the I went to one dentist and I told them that I had a hard time numbing and they gave me adequate time and they gave me some extra shots and it worked. But here I told them, "Hey, I don't numb very well." And he said, "Oh, well we give everyone four shots for molars, so you'll be good." And I'm like, "Okay." And they numb me up, do the four shots. They wait a few minutes. They're like, hey, how's it feeling? I'm like, I can still feel everything pretty much. Like I've got some tingling, but I can still feel it. So they give me a few more minutes and they do a cold air test and it really still hurts. And they're like, okay, we'll give it a few more minutes. And then they do another test of cold air. And I'm like, yeah, I can still feel that. It hurts. So they had to go in and give me the extra numbing and it just it was so much more effort and it took more time than if they had just listened to me in the first place and I don't know if they I I don't know why they didn't listen but it just it makes the experience so much worse to feel like you're not being heard by the medical professionals that you're going to see Um, so I had, yeah, kind of a crappy experience. They also told me that the other molar that I've had a root canal on is infected on the inside. Um, and so I have to get that one redone. So between the two root canals and crowns and everything, just like a lot of financial burden, um, my root canal really hurt for several days and, Uh, Just a really unpleasant experience, especially tied up with the the power outage and everything that was going on with that. So I think I was feeling really overwhelmed. Oh, and then on top of that, um, I had the end of therapy. My therapist was moving to a different platform because uh, I was using BetterHelp, which I'm sure you've probably heard all over the internet, especially on podcasts. Um, I had a really good experience with her, um, and I saw her for, I want to say, nine months, and I had seen uh, another therapist for a little while before that. So, I completed about a year of therapy, and this was the first time I felt like I really had solid individual therapy, and uh, I plan to do an episode about it, um, about what I've learned and my experience with it and everything, and uh, I will admit I've had a lot of mixed feelings about it because on the one hand... It's a hassle to carve out that time to be able to have a therapy session. Um, It's a lot of hard work. And so, like, there's a bit of relief. On the other hand, um, it it also kind of sucks to not be able to have, like, a sounding board uh, when I have, you know, these stressful experiences and when I feel like I need to work on coping skills, it's 
it's hard to not have like that backup support to to feel like I'm doing it all on my own. And I will probably eventually go back to therapy. Um, I wanted the break right now, um, especially financially and just time-wise. But it's been it's been like a little emotional. You know, you develop, especially with a good therapist, you develop a good relationship with your therapist. And um, I felt like I had really worked through a lot of stuff. And so the it's a little bit of an end of an era and it's been kind of heavy. Um, I've, I, especially in the last few weeks, I've really noticed a difference and I'm, I find myself, I'm having to work harder to kind of sort out my own feelings and, um, so that, that's been one big aspect of what's been going on. Um, as if all of this already wasn't enough to deal with, uh, we decided that we wanted to potty train our son. He's been really interesting, and I don't know if it's the difference between a boy and a girl or just the personalities or... Um, I mean, I feel like even just life experiences too kind of affect the timeline of when you do things. He also may be our last kid. We're not 100% sure. And so there's a part of it that's like, oh, he's growing up. He's not going to be like our, our our little little kid anymore, our little baby. And uh, it has not been going very well. For some reason, he has just not been excited at all about using the toilet. Like, that's just, it's not interesting to him. That's actually one reason that I've held off as long as I have. Because with my daughter, it was a a very different experience where she was ready to quote-unquote be a big girl and to wear underwear and to be like mommy and daddy and um we also were able to work with her like she has a sweet tooth so it was very easy you know hey you get an m&m every time you go in the potty at least for the first you know few weeks until you get used to it and then we like weaned off and we bought her she got to go pick out a toy that was her potty training toy and that signified You've learned how to go potty, so no more M&Ms every time you go, but here's your toy that you got because you learned how to go potty. And it was actually, that was the second time we potty trained her. We had to potty train twice because we were in the middle of, we unexpectedly moved and it was just this whole experience. But with my son, even with candy, he's just not, motivated to do it. And we tried the three-day no pants thing. Um, it was a little difficult because we still had a couple places that we had to go, unfortunately. Um, but for the first two days, it seemed pretty promising. Once the crying 
and begging to put on a diaper again uh, wore off and he, he kind of got excited the first time that he went in the toilet. Um, and so I was like, hey, this is going well. He's used to it now. And, and things were like pretty smooth sailing. But then I think in his head, he just had it. He just had it in his head that we were going to be dropping this after a few days. And you know what? Maybe he's smarter than me because we did have to drop it after a few days and we're going to retry because everybody in my house got sick and it started with my son and has trickled down to everyone else in the house. We also, we had a school field trip that we had to go on. We had a couple play dates and just some different things going on. And so we were kind of taking a back seat to the potty training anyway. But then with him getting sick, it was like, it just, it, it wasn't working. And so we're still like, we didn't drop it completely. We're still encouraging him to use the bathroom uh, several times a day. And we're uh, really encouraging him when he keeps his pull-up dry. We try to take him first thing in the morning when the diaper comes off and right before bed. Um, so we're still like working at it, but for the first couple of days, I was taking him or at, at least asking him about going like every 30 minutes. And even with the candy incentive and we right now we have like this sticker chart uh to go to the bathroom and it's like he's still not excited to do it so we're gonna have to do another probably three day pantsless weekend uh where we really try to drive home the whole going in the potty thing we even have like exciting underwear with dinosaurs on them, which are like, is his favorite thing right now. So yeah, that's been, that's been the latest. This, this whole last week, pretty much we have all been sick and with, with fevers and runny noses and coughs and just like the general feeling of the house has been cranky. So it's really felt like the beginning of this year has just been kind of kicking my butt a bit. And I think that because I've felt so overwhelmed emotionally and physically, I, I've just felt so exhausted from all of the effort that I've been putting in in these different areas in my life, plus I'm sure mixed with some sickness because the this sickness that we've had in the last week doesn't even include the sicknesses that we've had. We've had like these revolving sicknesses for the last couple months now, really. Um, like I just took my son to the doctor a couple weeks ago. Uh, because he had had this cough for a few weeks and it was only getting worse. And of course, when we go to the doctor, they're like, oh, well, he sounds fine to me. And I'm like, well, you don't hear him in the middle of the night when he is hacking up a lung and can barely breathe, but sure, he's fine. So 
I just, I've been so exhausted and I've thought about this podcast and there, there's a part of me that really wants to be creative and to be working on hobbies and my interests and things, but I haven't felt like I've had the emotional energy and capacity to, to work on it. I have instead been spending a lot of time playing Minecraft, actually. Um, my husband and his cousins and, and brother, they all have this server that they play on together. And then there's several of us wives who also get on. So it's really fun. We just get on and hang out. And it's been a great creative outlet for me. I have probably put the most effort into this Minecraft world than I ever have before. And I've been playing Minecraft off and on. I, th I think we were saying for the last eight, seven or eight years now with some long breaks because when, our, when your kids are young, it's really hard to carve out the time. We mostly have been staying up late and that's probably part of my problem. But we've been staying up after the kids go to bed and playing Minecraft. Some of the people who play on, play on the server also don't have kids yet. And so they're also on later in the day. But that has been the creative outlet that I've really been craving the most because it doesn't take as much effort. There's so much mental energy that goes into putting out an episode. What do I want to talk about? I have to carve out the time where the house is quiet and then I have to dedicate the time to, to edit and um, trying to do social media, which when it's just a personal post is no big deal, but for... A podcast just feels so much harder to navigate and to learn. And so I'm really hoping that I pick it all back up this year and that the spring kind of reinvigorates me and doing this and gives me ideas. I think that's been one of the biggest hurdles too is that I haven't felt like I've had ideas that are sorted out enough for me to put an interesting episode out. So that's all that's been kind of going on lately. Uh, I want to say thanks to those of you who are still listening to me. I appreciate your feedback and I appreciate you listening. So thanks so much for listening, you guys. I'll catch you in the next one.